Hey guys, welcome to the Tech Point Africa podcast. My name is Mano. I'm Uluani Femi. I'm Chingwa Zudini. Hadambolu. Yeah, so guys, how are we doing? Oh, Very good. well. Good. Uh, I'm okay. You might be asking that <laughs> we was voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were couldn't join us today. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. So don't yeah, worry about yeah. so, it. Yeah, you'll be back <laughs> next week. I'm feeling it. Yeah, so we're going to make sure that, yeah, the entire internet basically is buzzing with the news of Elon and Twitter and all of that. Mm. But the European Union is doing something sneaky. <laughs> Not sneaky, but something that could change the conversation very soon. Mm, yeah, so yeah. what exactly are they up to now? So it's basically called the Digital Services Act. And it, um, it's a regulation that's going to affect business for tech companies. So basically okay. they are asking them to do a few things. So first of all, this is not yet um, like out the full details are not yet out in the public but tech companies are now going to be required to, to do faster or quicker content moderation so harmful content now has to be removed faster harmful products have to be removed faster harmful services now have to be removed faster than was previously done mm-hmm. um, they're also going to have to take stricter measures when it comes to preventing misinformation online but probably the most interesting part is directly affecting the business for big tech companies or for tech companies generally. So the first is that these guys have to set a clear accountability framework. So usually they could just ban someone or um, maybe send someone off their platform and okay. the, the explanations are not so clear. But mm-hmm. now you have to make those frameworks very clear. So how did they arrive at such a decision? But the other interesting part is targeted advertising, which has always been used. So if you check, we usually make a joke that um, maybe you're discussing a new sneaker with your friend and then the next thing you go on Instagram, you start seeing ads <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, so they do that with our data that we submit. Mm-hmm. So now they are being required to ensure they're going to ban it. Targeted advertising is going to be banned to some That's extent. like so closing down their market. I, yes. So they are not going to target you based on your gender, sexual orientation, religion, or ethnicity. And these are like, these are almost mm. everything that they Apart need. Apart from location, though. Yeah, okay. I think they are still going to be, it's not yet very clear, but I think okay. location is still going to be um, one of the factors you can use. But I mean... Gender metrics, yeah. even trying to think of what other metric they could be targeting you apart from location, maybe your online browsing habits, like the site yeah. visits. So, they just sometimes I know they use cookies to track your activities around I'm the internet, right, yeah. so you'll track your based on that, and that's that does not really involve too much, basically. So, but I'm even saying you, you'll be unable to target minors, which is yeah, actually yeah, yeah. very important, very important, yeah. yes. But those are that one gender sexual rotation okay let's say you have yes advertising uh, feminine products yes exactly so how do you make sure so it can be popping up for for guys <laughs> so sexual orientation religion ethnicity in my opinion may not be like very huge factors when it comes to deciding who i'm targeting at because it's not like the market for religious products are, is so large and yeah or maybe um, products based on where you're coming from, ethnicity. Mm. It's not that large, but gender, that's like where you start from. Mm. So the moment you can't target someone based on his or her gender or non-binary gender, whatever. Now, <laughs> the moment you remove the, that factor from the equation, it gets a little bit tricky because it's no longer so specific. So maybe you can be... I might wake up one morning and I'm seeing ads for sanitary pads mm-hmm. and it's useless to me. So you could probably set back the 
social advertising industry back mm. significantly to when you had to depend on guesswork i'm wondering what elmos is thinking about this right now I mean, i'm <laughs> just about to acquire Twitter and uh, yeah. they are physically giving a very serious hit towards a major revenue stream for yeah. Twitter, okay. right yeah, so right. but uh, apart from say social media platforms does this affect news media in any way there's a conversation mm-hmm. about ad revenue already yeah uh, ad revenue for google facebook and amazon all those big tech companies yeah. they're having issues with apple's new privacy rules advertising has become is becoming a little bit more difficult so what happens next after this uh, what first of all the this law is not going to be in like it it won't come in into effect at least until a few months Okay. But let's just assume that it 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 happens. How is it going to affect other advertisers? So it's I I don't think much will change. I don't think much will change because they still have more precise data that can be shared. Whereas, um, let's say a blog, for example, doesn't have that precise data. You don't have mm-hmm. the machine uh, like the processes to gather that much data. They don't, you don't have precise data that you can sell on. But to a very large extent, um, big tech companies have to, they still have precise data. Precise so yeah, data. Um, their advertising revenues, it will be hot. We, we, we can't say how much or by how much for now, but it will be hot. It will be hot. How significant is something we can't say yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think uh, I agree with Shingo's dream on that. Okay. Right? It's not as if you're... Okay, it's just like you're removing the adjective behind advertising. You're removing the adjective targeted okay they yeah. are still going to advertise they still have users on their platforms they have people they are targeting so mm. to say they you get millions or billions, billions you get yeah. so i don't know if it will tank their revenue mm. 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 okay yeah it could force them to consider other forms of advertising and i think it opens up a whole lot of conversations around how these guys use your data so mm. with a report came out just recently that and supposedly an internal document okay. from Facebook that Facebook doesn't know how to use its data. So basically they don't they're have overwhelmed. A, yeah. Oh, from, <laughs> from vice, right? Yes. So it looks like they are overwhelmed by okay. the data that they are collecting. Hmm. And it's interesting because these laws are expected to help them or to force them to comply to specific like practices. Now, if they are unable to, to control how their data works, then that's probably going to affect their abilities to conform to these privacy regulations. Because um, the example that was used or the analogy that was used are, um, around the data privacy issues is that um, imagine your data being ink in a bottle okay. and then you pour it into a lake or into an ocean. Mm. You can't control where it flows. Hmm. Now, can the question the doc was asking is, um, can you gather the ink back from the lake and now hmm. redirect it to probably specific parts hmm. of the lake? So basically, it's casting a doubt on how Facebook, in particular, um, manages their data. So, so, so the lake in this instance, what would the metaphor be referring to? Hmm. So it's not so clear, <laughs> but um, it could be that they have a lot of data. Okay, which ideally, so. These privacy rules are saying you collect my data, mm-hmm. you should be collecting it for a specific reason. Okay. So, for example, you collect my phone number, why are you collecting it? Possibly okay. for 2FA authentication. Yeah. That's 
all you can do with it. Okay. And we also know that they've used, they've collected that data to like maybe show you other people in your contact, and and so if you're on Facebook, people you may know and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, they are playing on or they are using data that they collect from you. So basically, this is going to require them to um, have a better. Like basically have a better, let's say, hold on how their data works. It's, it's so okay. if you're collecting, for example, let's use the previous example. If you're collecting someone's gender um, information, mm-hmm. why are you collecting it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you just want to know how many men and women are on your platforms, mm-hmm. or do you have other plans? So that mm-hmm. means every data you collect must be for a specific purpose. That's that's actually um, one of the principles around um, data privacy. Every data you collect has to have a purpose. A purpose you can't just collect random and sometimes data. Sometimes you mm. might just you might collect it with a particular purpose. Then mm, going know. on, then you, you invite another purpose <laughs> for it. Yeah, yep. I think that is where Facebook has found itself now. Yeah, that's that's interesting. While you were talking, I just found myself rooting for Naira Land again. There was this <laughs> conversation that came up yeah, yesterday on, on yeah. Twitter and. Uh, what someone wants to acquire Naira Land for $150 million. So, but yeah, I went to Naira Land and I saw that, wow, this website is still really active. Yeah. And you can actually place targeted ads on Naira Land. And yeah, so that was interesting. And uh, I'm going to link to the, an article on our website about yeah. what Shemwa Shewa and Mark Zuckerberg have in common. Spoiler alert, <laughs> Facebook and Naira Land actually started around the same time. So yeah, let's yeah. Know what you, let us know what you think about uh, the whole issue with... Uh, Data privacy, privacy and, and big tech. All of that. Yeah. Okay, so talking about privacy and data and big tech, we're in the world of web. I don't accept. No, we're not in the world of web. <laughs> Bolu. You have to. I, I, you I almost said you. it. We're in no. the world of. No, we're not. No. <laughs> we're not. We're not actually. So oh, we're moving into it. Yes, we are. We Hopefully. Are. Hopefully, yes. And eventually. Uh, well. <laughs> Eventually, I, I hope because so, so I think the way you're saying is like you should be deceiving yourself. Why did last? <laughs> you, you see, the, the concept of decentralization is something that you cannot easily put together. Having organizations where there's no leader and everyone is just everything is just working on smart contracts and everybody votes for okay, this is what will happen next. This is what will happen next. It's something that when I think about it, I'm like, will this really happen? But We've already seen it happen in in different places. It's possible. Well, we so might be entering the EU. Web so when, whenever you guys talk about decentralization, I always think about history. And it sounds like the purest form of democracy. Yeah. But there's a particular reason why we went full circle and came back. So I feel like we're going to go decentralized, then probably come full circle. And you start having individuals managing huge conglomerate but yes yes let's not diverse okay. let's not uh, <laughs> digress ourselves so, so there's something happening with nfts yes yes yeah. yes yeah so there has been a phishing scam on one of the one of the biggest nft collections ever the board apiat club someone okay. has been able to make away with 2.8 million dollars worth of nft these things are happening often these days what's going on I like think it is it is for me I think it is a some it's something that has to happen for us to really figure out how this space will work to figure out how to actually secure this space and I think it's just it's bad but it's also a way of making progress when you think about it because there was the Axie Infinity act last month yeah. that I think that was 625 million dollars Wow. And then the U.S. government, I think, to an extent, were able to track down where the act came from. There are rumors that it came from North Korea. 
So in a way, it's a way to keep the space safer. So if these things keep happening, we keep knowing these are the things we need to look out for. This where we need to like plug to know, okay, let's stop you know this from happening. Mm-hmm. So, but in the case of the board yard club, it was a fishing scam. So okay. someone was able to get the the I don't know. Someone was able to access the Instagram account of the NFT collection okay. and then posted fake links for people to click. It, people clicked and it took them you know to a random website where they had to give access to their wallet and the person was able to like make away with so much nfts mm. night one nfts in total that interesting was so <laughs> they hacked web 3 by hacking web 2 that's a wonderful way to put it <laughs> okay <laughs> that's a wonderful way to I, I was telling when i was telling precious about it you know this afternoon and you know, i was quick to you know say it was we said blockchain is not hackable it was actually the the fault was from Instagram because the the page said they were on a two-factor authentication, so they didn't understand how the account was able uh, to be hacked, and they said mm. they're in talks with Instagram to figure out how. Instagram, come and defend yourself. Yes. Okay, <laughs> but, but in this instance, to use your words against you, don't you think this kind of things need to happen so we can figure out areas we can exactly, block in yes. Web two? Sorry, not Web three. Yeah. Now you have to learn lessons from Web two that you will try not to replicate. So, the mistakes in web, web theory yes it's the same lessons we are learning that we're still going to learn in web theory <laughs> <laughs> so everything you describe is what we already do in cyber security hmm. right mm-hmm. cloud computing you are building very huge infrastructures to secure your data and when the hack inevitably happens mm. you learn from it exactly plug. Is, that, is, this not, is, that, is that not basically the same thing <laughs> it is it is actually so i think it's still going to keep happening for a while we are still going to see it happen for a while I think this is one of the biggest phishing scams we've seen for some time. I think there was one last year on Twitter where someone was able to get access to accounts of like really top people on Twitter and made away with millions of dollars. At least they they caught the person. So in this instance, I guess I think it was it's a like you said it's a web three arc through web two. So. I think if we can track the footpath, if we can track the digital footprint Mm. on Web 2, then maybe we will. Interesting. (laughs) So in case you are confused with Web 2, Web 3 stuff, Bolido actually just published an article about making sense of the Web 3 buzz. So it helps to understand where we are coming from so you can also understand where we are going to. So yeah, Bolu, we have a Web 3 conference. Yes, we have what I would describe as the biggest Web 3 web3 conference in africa right now so mm-hmm. it's coming up next month may 21st and we'll be bringing some of the biggest web3 experts on the continent to really help you make sense of what this whole web3 thing means where, where do you fit in where what can you do what careers can you start looking out for in case web as it is now web3 web2 is going out of might be going might be going out of existence so let's prepare ourselves you know let's start preparing ourselves so what 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 what's what's in Web three that I can take advantage of? There will be NFT artists uh, that have really made a lot of money in 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 this space. They'll be coming talking to us about how to really make money in this space. There are people from the DeFi areas talking about how to make money with decentralized finance, borrowing, insurance, different kinds of things in the area of uh, decentralized finance. And we have people from 
the DAO part of things, decentralized autonomous organizations explaining all these things to us. And I think it's really going to be an amazing time. And we'll be announcing our speakers today. We have an amazing lineup of speakers for you today. And once, once you see that, you really know what to expect from the event. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. But sorry for putting you on this spot. Are we going to have anyone in field of a culture because I saw a tweet yesterday of someone complaining that mangoes are wasting in Benue and I felt pain personally. So about <laughs> last, was it last week? Yeah. Yes, yes, it was last week. Ensuring farmers yes, against yes, uh, yes. bad climate. So yes. do we have any Web3 solution for the culture and stuff like that? Okay, yes, I think we have their Web3 solutions for agriculture. Like you m- mentioned, Etherisk, and mm-hmm. what they are trying to do is provide insurance for farmers using blockchain technology. And it's a very interesting development. And yeah, I was just thinking how <laughs> funny it will be convincing farmers that... <laughs> I think maybe they will just leave us in the part of we are using blockchain to solve this problem. I just say we are solving your problem. Exactly. Because <laughs> as it's where now, solutions like in Web 2, like mm-hmm. you can't even explain it to these farmers mm-hmm. and they will get it. You just tell them I'm solving your problem. Yeah, please yes. go on. <laughs> Which is actually what makes the Etherisk solution very interesting mm-hmm. because farmers don't really need to know how this thing works mm. the, in the way they structured the solution. They don't need to know anything about blockchain or the solution you are trying, the way you are trying to provide the solutions for them. Mm-hmm. So what what they just do is once farmers buy its uh, blockchain insurance, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Blockchain crop insurance, actually. So what they actually do is once the farmer buys uh, their seed for planting, Inside the sack, there's a uh, USSD code. So mm. once they send that USSD code with their phone, they are automatically insured mm. against um, bad climate, drought, things like that. So once the farmer sends that, he immediately gets um, the geolocation of that farmer is then located. And then if it turns out that, okay, if he insured the seeds against uh, uh, drought, for example, the geolocation and satellite data confirms that, okay, this farmer didn't actually get rain. So it needs to be indemnified. And then they pay out um, uh, the insurance money through mm. his mobile phone that he used to send the USSD code. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. So there's a lot of tech behind going on behind the scenes. A lot, a lot. That's quite interesting. We're going to link to the story on this episode and uh, kindly check it out. But one important thing, I think we have an, a hackathon going on, Yes, right? yes, yes. So if you have a solution for, to save the mangoes in Benue, <laughs> yes, very important. <laughs> yeah, I think Chim Gazim might even fund you. Chim Gazim loves yes, mangoes. Yes, I will. Uh, I, yeah. I will. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. how, how, how much? Why are you seeing this money? <laughs> ah, Chim Gazim has money. Yeah. <laughs> how much is up for grabs in the hackathon? Okay, up for grabs. Total cash price is $2,500. Okay, that's money. <laughs> Spread the word. Spread the word. <laughs> and yeah. Let's, let's know what you think and if you have any solutions that, that you think will be interesting for any sector. Trust me, the blockchain uh, space is so big. So any solution you have, come to the hackathon and pitch. And uh, if you're very, very curious about how this whole thing works, please just try and gain this knowledge. Don't worry about all the money Bolu was mentioning. <laughs> I have to make money on it. Just, just come and learn. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, quite interesting. Okay. So... Talking about agriculture and solving Nigeria's feeding or Africa's feeding crisis, we a Ghanaian agri-tech startup just raised an amount of money. Yeah, Farmer Line is the name of the startup. And 
surprised we are hearing about them. They launched since 2013. Wow. And they just raised um, $12.9 million in a pre-series A round. Pre-series A. Okay. Yes. Okay. What they are doing is interesting, actually. Right. So they help agribusiness know how to serve farmers. So mm. agribusinesses are the ones that sell seedlings, they sell fertilizers, they just sell the products that farmers need. Farmerline has like an AI, a supply chain intelligence I was tech. waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, was waiting, I was waiting for other AI or blockchain. So, right, okay. yeah, it is needed. So they have that tech that helps like it has data of farmers right okay. so it helps them to predict who needs what at what time he gets so he knows where to target say fertilizers at a particular time maybe fertilizers for cassava plant right so you know you know at um which season this should go to where it gets so it, the solution merge data that's the name of the solution and it Sincerely, I, I think I love that, right? When agribusinesses sign up on their platform, they get, they have access to this information and they know what to store, what to have in as their, what's it called? Mm-hmm. In their warehouses, in their inventory, what they should stop producing and all. And it's nice, it's nice. And interestingly, these are not only used by farmers, they have governments yeah, yeah. and non-governmental organizations and other agribusinesses using the solution. And because they make it available for third-party licensing, right, they are, it's used in over in 26 countries. No, they're not just in Ghana. Yes, okay, they are in Ghana. They're actually based in Ghana. Okay. So the plan is to expand okay in ghana before going to neighboring ivory coast okay. but because they allow third parties to license, to license the, the product it's okay. technology so they, it's used in many other countries and mm-hmm. governments even use it and it's interesting that this is coming to ghana because the majority of agri-tech investment has have mostly been going to kenya mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. about apollo agriculture and trigger foods i believe even is a risk it's in Kenya too. So it's interesting that this is coming to Ghana. And Africa is the thing about Africa having a lot of problems. And it's where there is prob- there are problems that solutions come to. Mm-hmm. Right. And agri-tech, aside fintech, I, I used to expect that agri-tech should get as 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 much buzz as mm. fintech is getting. You get because a size financial inclusion problem, agriculture mm-hmm. is the next thing, mm-hmm. and the uh, like hungry continent. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like we are hungry, no, no, well, no, we're no. hungry, yeah, yeah. okay. Maybe it's the supply problem, it's a supply problem, but yes, we are producing, right? But I don't know where we got it wrong, but we are really producing. But we are still importing food. Yes, we are hungry. Yeah. I agree with that. But still, that's what I'm trying to say. That agritech should get as much buzz as fintech is getting. You mm, get, yeah. and it should get as much investment as it is because they are solving problems from people that are helping farmers to get their product to end users mm. to 
people to investment tech in uh, um, in agriculture yeah. to people that supply seed tractor for rent mm-hmm. and storage solutions fa- as well exactly storage like warehousing helping helping mm-hmm. farmers yeah. to keep their so I, i'm expecting that African agri-tech sector should get investment, a okay. lot of investment, <laughs> not people. In an ideal world, that would, that would be what, that's what will happen. Yeah, so I, I actually understand why, I get why agri-tech doesn't gain as much attention as yeah. fintech or others, other flashy sectors. It's, it's very hands-on. You have to be a bit more hands-on than hmm. you A need. lot more hands-on, actually. Yeah, it reminds me of... of you can't be somewhere else and then you're running an agri-tech startup mm-hmm. and a lot of the time just providing an online solution may not cut it. Yeah. You also have to be on ground. Mm-hmm. Yes, because these people are saving. Yeah, they're not, not exactly literate. Savvy. For example, mm-hmm. let's say for example, you're doing a tractor. I think I, I heard of one, a tractor sharing platform like a couple of years back. I, I thought it was an impressive idea. But then when you see that a, a lot of um, Nigerians, especially in the south of Nigeria, for example, mm. a lot of our farms are like smallholder farms. So okay. does it make any sense for a smallholder farmer to hire a tractor? Not so much. Mm. So how do and you now ensure... a family ensure? of 72. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. And <laughs> That's an exaggeration. We don't land. give it like that in Africa. Actually, yeah. we do. I, I've, yeah, I've heard of a man. I read of a man in a newspaper. It is something children. Oh well, yeah, that, by the way. So like you need a lot of hands-on like your approach has to be like totally hands-on okay. you have to do some a, a lot of education you also have to ensure that your machinery is okay so i spoke with relief last year and one of the issues was building their own machinery and machinery they they, they import some of their parts from okay. china and the rest mm-hmm. and because of the peculiarity of what they're building it's not so easy to like get specific tools or mm. specific um, parts. parts for what you're building. So mm. a lot of the time you buy parts and then you have to refashion them into what you want. Mm. So that's like a lot of money yeah. that you need to invest and you may not even get it like upfront. It's like investing in education, for example. Mm-hmm. Your future is in heaven. Exactly. Your reward is in heaven. <laughs> Your reward is in heaven. <laughs> you don't get to see um, okay. Good, you don't see like immediate two million returns. people or immediate returns mm. instantly. So yeah. So we'll never have sense. people really do you think people will like really give agriculture attention anytime soon? Because yeah. it's harder to do. Mm. And personally for me, me too, I'll prefer I prefer to be able to stay in the UK and build solutions for Nigeria. <laughs> why, why, why can't you do <laughs> well, it from solving, Nigeria? <laughs> solving it's the hard problems now. actually gives you a lot more money. So mm. You invest a lot of money upfront, definitely. Okay. Mm. But at some point, you're going to recoup your investments. It may not be as outrageous as uh, you get from other sectors. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think. So this is just a guess. I am. I'm assuming that in the next five years, okay. you would have built out like fintech solutions. There's a reason why fintech is hot. Ninety-five mm. percent of payments are still offline mm-hmm. and in cash. So mm. that's like a very huge market. Okay. So in the long run when we've probably captured at least half of that market and brought them online as that works so let's just say 10 years Mm. if things go well 10 years that should happen then we can now focus on other sectors and then the good thing is you make your returns founders we've seen a lot of founders are funding other founders Mm -hmm. so they're making money from their businesses Mm -hmm. and they're channeling this money 
back. Mm. So as we see more impacts in fintech okay. and more returns in fintech, it can be channeled into so other places. So fintech is the elder brother that will go and make money well, and bring back as it yeah. money. <laughs> hopefully it does that. Okay, yeah. I guess there's a lot to unpack here and yeah, there's so many moving parts in the startup space that yeah. one thing needs to work well for another thing for others, yeah. to mm. work. So if uh, the agricultural side, the logistics and supply in that mm. sector is solved yeah. and financial services is solved, maybe e-commerce will become easier. Yeah. Other sectors mm. will be able to thrive. So this building this tech to connect this tech or building this tech to connect businesses with this user, all those other things. Yeah, so interesting stuff. And... Um, that's been an interesting one. Are we missing anything? Did anything yeah. else happen? Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, okay, that's cool. So thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for staying with us to the end. Don't forget, this is the Tech Point Africa podcast. You can reach us. You can give us feedback on podcast at Tech Point Africa, or you can tweet at, or tweet at us with the hashtag Tech Point Africa podcast. But if you're listening to us for the first time, or if you've been listening to us for a while now and you've not been sharing, where can you find this podcast? Femi. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, <laughs> iHeartRadio, oh, yeah, yeah. Spotify, <laughs> Stitcher, yeah. and uh, Postcard Podcast Addict. Yeah, Muiwa is not here, but we have to honor Podcast <laughs> Addict. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thank you, thank you so much, and uh, see you guys next week. All right, bye, bye, bye.